Welcome back to Between Two White Coats, a podcast designed to help you be the healthiest version of yourself. I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, a family medicine doctor. And I'm her co-host, Amber Foster, a family nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing key issues surrounding health and wellness, answering some of our biggest questions, overcoming health obstacles, and giving patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and providing the tools you need to live a healthy life. If you find our podcast helpful, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will help other people find our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to serving you. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have our favorite Jane Robinson. Um, we love having her with us. She's been with us on in previous uh, episodes, if you've not listened to our mental health episode on anxiety and depression. Uh, Jane um, is a licensed master social worker. I had to look to make sure I was saying it right. It's a lot of, <laughs> lot of letters there. Um, but she owns um, Infinite Endeavors, and she is um, someone that we actually refer several patients to for anxiety and depression counseling. And today she's going to talk to us about quitting smoking. Do not turn this off. Continue to listen. If you are a smoker or not a smoker, if you love someone that smokes. Yeah, this is also a good reference to, you know, accidentally put in the car when your loved one <laughs> is uh, a smoker and riding with you. And you're like, well, I don't know how that podcast came on, but let's listen. Um, because the fact is we do love people who mm-hmm. smoke and we're super worried about the impact of that. And we should be um, worried for ourselves if we're smokers, worried for the people that we love if they're smokers. Um, smoking is the number one preventable cause of death. Um, we can't even dig into how horrible cigarettes are. And the fact of the matter is most people don't recognize when they pick up a cigarette, all of the horrible things that are in there. Um, if you start to research some of this stuff, I'm going to list it off. I have to read it because I can't even remember all of it. So we all know nicotines in cigarettes. Amber's going to kind of give us a little bit of information on what nicotine does and why it's, you know, it's okay in certain places. We have receptors for it, but then what they've done to make it dangerous in cigarettes. But here's what's also in your cigarettes. Hydrogen cyanide. I figure we all know cyanide's not a good thing. Formaldehyde. This is what we use to preserve dead bodies. Um, lead, we know that lead toxicity, lead poisoning, lead is in cigarettes. We had to strip paint out of our houses because it had lead in it, but yet we're inhaling it. Arsenic, rat poison, did you really want to smoke some rat poison? Um, ammonia, benzene, carbon monoxide you get from a lit cigarette, tar, 70 other cancer-causing chemicals. And so uh, it's not just the nicotine, there's a lot of stuff in cigarettes. The very lucrative cigarette industry has not let us know all the things that they're sneaking into these cigarettes to make them more habit forming, to make people more dependent on them. Um, and, And it is not by accident that you are struggling to put your cigarettes down because this extremely lucrative industry has made sure that you became addicted to these things. And the the amount of damage that it's doing to every single cell in your body is astronomical. So I, I, we want to plant the seed. We want you to understand and appreciate this when you're picking up a cigarette or a loved one's picking up a cigarette as to how much harmful stuff is going into your body. Um, there's a few other things just in, uh, we all know that cigarettes cause lung cancer. Um, most of us know cigarette co- cigarettes contribute to and cause heart disease. Uh, we have a local cardiologist that people will come in and say, you're going to need to refer me to a different cardiologist. And I'm like, well, why? I think the cardiologist you're seeing is extremely smart. 
Well, he told me if I don't quit smoking that there's no need to come back and see him because there's no way he can save my life if I'm not willing to quit smoking. And I, well, he's not wrong. He's not lying. There is no way he can save your life if you're not going to quit smoking. So uh, there's a huge amount that cigarettes do for heart disease. Um, And uh, a number 12 different types of cancers are contributed, uh, increased uh, based on cigarette use. Um, what am I missing? What more can we you say to help people you understand? Men- you mentioned cancer, but um, I think also uh, COPD. So uh, we've heard a lot of that, but it stands for chronic obstructive uh, pulmonary disease. And so some people are familiar with it with asthma, but smoking also causes that. And so does secondhand smoke um, can cause you to have a restrictive lung. And so as we age, that tends to get worse. And so sometimes you'll see patients on oxygen or they can't, you know, walk to go get their mail or they can't walk around their house or um, just because they become dependent on oxygen because they've inhaled so much carbon dioxide, you know, they're not able to get enough oxygen in like they need to. So then they have restrictive lungs. So it also is very debilitating. You're not able to do the things that you want to do like in movement because you can't breathe. Yeah. Your lungs have an, your lungs are like tight little balloons. And we force air into them when we inhale, and then they are very um, elastic and they spring closed to get you to exhale. Um, so exhaling is just sort of what happens after the air is in there. It's like you let go of a balloon, all the air automatically goes out. Well, when you smoke, the cigarettes destroy all of the elasticity of your lungs, so they stretch open and they do not close. So you have all this stale old air that hangs out in your chest cavity And that's what is COPD, emphysema, um, people will also call it. And uh, you can't exhale the bad air. And so you really can't then have space to put the good air in. You walk 10 steps and you're short of breath. And you're low on oxygen all the time. And the next thing you know, you're dragging an oxygen tank behind you in order to try to breathe. Um, The idea of feeling like you're suffocating. And you have to really work to try to get enough air in, which is, I think, a very scary thing. Yeah, I've had several patients that are oxygen dependent that, um, you know, we will try to lead with empathy here because back in their day, like, they didn't realize cigarettes were bad. I mean, you see those old movies where people are, like, smoking on the airplanes. Like, it was kind of socially acceptable. Um, and then, you know, they became an addict based on their use. And so then as they have either tried to quit or was were not unable to quit and then became you know so addictive and dependent on cigarettes um almost every single one of them i honestly can't think of one that wishes they would have never picked up a cigarette yeah, so, so it's much so, easier to not start to, yeah so it's, it's so it's, difficult to quit smoking and we know that as healthcare professionals um so we definitely are like you know get the help that you need like let us help you quit smoking these are conversations that you need to have with your healthcare professionals and your loved ones to keep you accountable absolutely and we're talking a little bit about nicotine because we want you to understand a bit about nicotine uh, by listening to this because we'll tell people sometimes well what if you got rid of your cigarettes and you instead did a nicotine replacement and patients will sort of look at us like well you're telling me to stop nicotine and start nicotine is is that the Very same confusing. Yeah. and we've already talked about how there's you know five thousand different chemicals that are in a burning cigarette um, and nicotine is only one of them so you get rid of the other 4,999 but also just understanding nicotine and the difference in nicotine replacement and nicotine from a cigarette. So uh, like Shelly mentioned before our brain does have nicotinic receptors so there are things that um, have nicotine in them. There's some Um, foods that have nicotine tomatoes are a really common food you know pizza salsa we all like those things they have um, nicotine in them so our brain does have nicotinic receptors so when you have a lit cigarette or a vape in um 
some cases, uh, what happens when you heat the nicotine up, it binds to body and brain cells. And so it, in effect, turns on, and I'm going to look at this so I don't get it incorrect, is acetylcholine. So acetylcholine uh, affects appetite and reduces hunger. Um, that's why we see a lot of times when patients quit smoking, they'll gain weight. Um, and that's very, very common uh, because it increases metabolism. Uh, it also affects dopamine, which is our re reward pathway. So it increases our well-being and our focus, sometimes alertness. Um, and in doing that, it decreases our GABA response. So it's kind of like all gas, no break. And so we get kind of a high from that. Um, other dr um, substances, drugs, food, um, dopamine receptors will increase with use. Um, and then norepinephrine, which also increases alertness. But then it kind of also makes you feel your skeletal muscles relax. So you get a substance that kind of gets you this really alert, focused mental thing, but then kind of a chill body response. And so then that's becoming is becoming what's addictive is that you need another cigarette to have the same response. Um, and then um, I thought this was interesting when I was doing some research. It's such a powerful substance um, that when you uh, or once you stop smoking, the half-life of a cigarette is very short. So within four hours, you're in withdrawal. Um, and those um, symptoms can be nausea, stomach ache, agitation, irritability, and decreased motivation. So you're always wanting another hit. You can see where people can go up two packs a day, a day three yeah. packs a day. Um, and so um, what happens is when you don't um, get the next cigarette, then it actually decreases dopamine. You don't go back to normal level. You actually go below uh, normal levels of dopamine. So it can almost cause like a depression. So it's a very powerful substance that always wants you to have more. And nicotine, and when burnt and in a cigarette, will bind those receptors very quickly within seconds, give you that kind of high, and then you come down from it very quickly. Nicotine and nicotine replacement or in foods or other um, ways, uh, the receptor is bound very slow and it and it is slowly bound and slowly released and you don't kind of get that that high and you don't get all of that withdrawal so they the the wonderful companies that do this have found a way to make sure that this binds very quickly and gives you that kind of um, addiction to where it's hard to put down because you're in withdrawal from it very quickly and the last thing that we kind of want to use to help people understand, hey, I need to keep listening and I need to do something about this for myself and for my keep loved ones, please. Um, is uh, also recognizing that vaping is not safe either. So, you know, there's times where we have said to people, do you smoke? And they're like, no, 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 that's disgusting. That's horrible. People kill themselves. I vape. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, gosh, we have, like, made, especially um, younger, younger people, feel like vaping is the kinder, gentler, and easier, and it is very dangerous. We all know years back that vape had oils in it, and those oils could kill people with just the small amount that would get into their lungs, created an oily base of their lungs, and they couldn't pass oxygen. Um, and, and kids were being put on vents from vaping once or twice. Um, but vaping has the nicotine. Vaping also has a lot of other really dangerous things. Yeah. The average age, um, I actually talk about this in wellness visits with pediatric patients starting at age 11 because that is the average wow. age that they're seeing it because some of them are in um, about that age, not always, but going into middle school. And so because vaping um, is odorless often and it doesn't have the same response as cigarette smoke, like as far as like actually seeing the puff, um, is that kids are doing it in bathrooms. And so I can't tell you how many family members I have, you know, families I've sat with and said, have you seen a vape in the middle school bathroom? Like I always ask. And 
I mean, nine times out of 10, an 11 or 12 year old have, has actually already seen what a vape looks like or they've seen a friend use it. And it's interesting where you said that a lot of people who are 60 and 70 year olds say, I wish I would have never picked it up. Um, and now the kids who are picking up vaping are sort of thinking the same thing. Well, it's social. Yeah. It's not harmful. It's, they have like flavors. It's like, yeah. you know. Uh, cherry like, or pineapple or fruity pebbles. I don't know what all they use, but it, uh, recently there were situations where the vaping companies had lost lawsuits because they were specifically marketing to kids with the colors yeah. and the flavors. Bubblegum flavor. Most adults don't buy things in bubblegum yeah. flavor. <laughs> um, so you know, we we want you to recognize that vaping is not a better alternative. Um, and if you are vaping, also something that we would encourage you to get some help in quitting. So uh, Amber and I have certainly gotten onto our soapboxes. We're very (laughs) passionate about this because we understand what a terrible effect it has on people's health. Um, But we have Jane here today because we want to address the fact that we get, as Amber has already said, we get that when we say you need to quit smoking, that we are asking you to do something really big and that the success rate for that is difficult um, and that cigarettes serve you a purpose. And so what are we going to do when we remove those cigarettes? And how will you, how can we gear you up to succeed in quitting smoking? Mm-hmm. Um, so Jane, give us some insight for people who say, well, I've tried and I can't. Or, you know, hopefully at this point they're recognizing I need to. Um, how can we help set people up for success in this? Okay. Um First of all, that was great because you guys were talking about exactly what the American Lung Association talks about. Sometimes we know <laughs> what we're talking about. I mean, it I was mean, really <laughs> good. That was really good. I was like, wow, yeah, that's what they say too. And, so. and Jane has recently become an expert in what the American <laughs> Lung Association um, uh, talks about. Tell us about the, the program that American Lung offers. Okay. So, and this is the program that we're going to be offering at Our Family Health. It's um, Freedom from Smoking. And this is a comprehensive program, so it is very difficult for people to quit. And most people have tried 8 to 11 times to quit um, before they ever are able to do it. And part of that reason is most people try alone, right? So the American Lung Association started this research in 1975 when smoking was very prevalent and very acceptable. And they did five years of research with doctors, health educators, and psychologists to find the best evidence-based way to help people quit and stay quit. So um, this is a program that incorporates the individual, a psychological component, and the medical component to this, which is what they found works best. As a matter of fact, they found that people that go through this particular program are six times more likely to stay free from smoking. Um, And in utilizing the program as well as the medical cessation, the medications, um, they're more like 60% more likely Mm, to to remain free from smoking a year later, which is, that's significant when you're looking at quitting smoking stats. I'd put it down here and you may say this later but it says um like it's a guilt shame cycle Mm -hmm. when you i mean my goodness if you try eight to eleven times and you're just like i'm never going to get this Mm -hmm. um it's like a five percent success rate for quitting and then most people relapse within the first week 70 percent and then 65 percent in the first year so you're giving Mm -hmm. people a 60 percent likelihood of to, to stay 
quitting smoking um, right. after a year with this program is pretty phenomenal considering the statistics. It is. It, is. it really is. And um, so they deployed this program in 10 different cities to ensure that it was, you know, the efficacy. And then they actually rolled it out in 1980. So this is a long-standing, proven program that helps people quit. And the beauty of, of having this at Our Family Health is you have the components there to help the person quit, okay? They're not out there alone. We have a group program that we'll be starting in January. And so the beauty of having that group is you have that collective wisdom in the group, you'll learn coping skills, and then you also have the medical staff to help you with the cessation medication. So, and then we also have nutritionist, right? Yes. We have health coach. Yes. So we have the components to support someone in this process of quitting and helping them stay quit. And I think an important thing, as Amber mentioned, the guilt, shame, um, uh, people will have a discomfort about group programs mm -hmm. because they feel like, well, I've tried 10 times, I haven't been successful, and now I'm gonna sit with other people, and are they gonna want me to talk about that? And But you really can beat the guilt shame when you're sitting with other people who have like experience, and mm -hmm. you're recognizing, I'm not alone, I'm, I'm not a failure, this is a hard thing to do. Right. Um, and I needed to approach it from a different angle. So there's this different resource, um, many, many resources to help mm -hmm. people be able to succeed in this. So we're really hoping that if you have failed at quitting, if you have been on the fence and thought, I don't know if I'm ready, uh, to be able to give people the different resources they need to be able to be motivated and succeed. Mm -hmm. That is right, and even on, we have a registration questionnaire, and one of the questions is, will I be patient with myself in this process? Oh, that is Because a great that's question. important, yes. yeah. that we have compassion for ourselves. This is a very difficult, so with smoking, and you guys know this, but there's a physical component of the addiction. There's a psychological component of trying to get relief from stress. People who smoke many times are looking for stress relief. Um, and then you have the social component where people are going to the hookah, hookah. I think mm -hmm. I'm saying that right. I think you are. Yeah. The, hookah, the hookah lounges. lounges. Yeah, yeah, the hookah lounges and stuff. So you've got that social component and, and a lot of people who smoke are around a lot of people yeah. who smoke. I often will say um, you can take a smoke break without a cigarette because when you take a smoke break, you step away from your work and you go outside and you get some fresh air. Oftentimes you have your friends who take the smoke break with you, so you mm -hmm. have that social component. Right. And then you do some deep breathing where you drag on a cigarette, but you're really you know, inhaling, exhaling, and slow uh, breaths. So just put the cigarette down and still go outside for five minutes with your trusted friends, chat about something, vent for a little bit, take some slow, deep breaths, and then mm -hmm. return to your desk. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to that besides even the cigarette. Absolutely, absolutely. And that is actually one of the things that we will talk about in this program is alternatives to smoking. Um, because there are some deep breathing. I mean, they, in here, and I won't list them all, of course, but there are 52 stress relief elements noted one in one of our sessions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Right. And which really means there's one right for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you may right. have tried this or tried that and you can quickly go, it didn't work. But that doesn't mean that there isn't something that is going to work. You just need someone to introduce to you the things you haven't thought of yet. Right. Exactly. And so this is very structured. So we will help each person all along the way. 
We have in the week that we actually quit smoking, we have two sessions that week because we want to ensure that we're supportive. How long's the program? It's seven weeks, but eight sessions, an hour okay. session, yeah, each week. Yeah. All right. So and if you. someone is not in the Our Family Health Center area, um, where can they go to find this program in their neighborhood? Freedomfromsmoking.org. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's offered all over the country, right? Absolutely, yeah. And there's all kinds of resources, online resources, too. Even if you do enroll in this program, can still access the online resources at freedomfromsmoking.org. Yep. So hopefully we've motivated you to recognize that you need to quit and we've helped you to understand that there are a lot of resources out there to help you, particularly if you failed in quitting in the past, that doesn't mean that you'll continue to fail. Um, yep. uh, Jane, give some of, if, if you were listening to this and you were a smoker and you were wanting to start to incorporate uh, some little tidbits of things. What would be things for people to know that may assist them? Okay. Um, possibly looking at what's triggering you to smoke. Um, are you doing it when you're happy? Or are you doing it when you're sad, when you're stressed? Um, also, in stopping smoking, so an urge will pass in three to five minutes whether you smoke the cigarette or not so if you can try to hold it for three to five minutes that urge to smoke will pass oh that's powerful yeah it really is and I think knowing the why is really important what mm -hmm. are your triggers mm -hmm. why do you pick up the cigarette mm -hmm. um, and being prepared for those kind of things so right. maybe you smoke on your drive home from work because that's helping you to sort of let go of the work day um, and so what could you do on your drive home that would help you release your stress? Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, finding those, finding your why so that you can then dig into what would be some healthier alternatives. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, any other pieces that people might be able to walk away with? Um, let me share just a few of the benefits Beautiful. of quitting smoking. So, and I'm going to look at, these are kind of incremental. So just 20 minutes after quitting your heart rate drops to a normal level so when you smoke a cigarette you're thinking that that's helping you calm down well like amber said yes it does increase the dopamine but it actually increases your heart rate and your blood pressure so it's really kind of a false sense of calming down and let me just throw in a little piece of advice if you don't want me to increase your blood pressure pill <laughs> Do not smoke a cigarette on the way in you to the office. have them in your pocket? I'm like, why yeah. are we have our cigarettes in our pocket coming and, to see me? And people will have yeah. really elevated blood yeah. pressure when they come in because they just smoked a cigarette before they came into the lobby. And yeah. I'm going to give you more but medicine. But they think they're calmed down. Uh-huh. Yep. You're nervous about seeing But me. I'm not. I'm now nervous because yeah. your blood right. pressure's high. Right. Yes. Exactly. Okay, so that's, exactly. Just within, that's just within the first minutes. minutes. Yeah. What else? Yeah. So uh, 12 hours your carbon monoxide level lowers to a normal rate. Two weeks, your risk of having a heart attack begins to drop. Your lung function begins to improve. One to nine months, your coughing and shortness of breath begins to drop. One year, your added risk of coronary heart disease is half of that of a tobacco user's. Coronary heart disease is what causes the heart attacks. So okay. you've cut your heart attack risk to half. Okay. Um, five to 15 years, your risk of having a stroke is reduced to that of a non-tobacco user. 
10 years, your risk of dying from lung cancer is about half of that of a tobacco user, and your risk of getting cancer of the mouth, throat, esophagus, bladder, kidney, or pancreas decreases. And 15 years, your risk of heart disease is the same as that of a non-tobacco user. Those are significant yeah. benefits. And also the huge. cost. I mean, they're not cheap. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, like, you, you definitely have a lot more money in the bank account yes. at the mm-hmm. end of all that. Mm-hmm. And the cost of all of that health. Yes. Inhalers are very expensive. Treating all of these diseases mm-hmm. is very costly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, the cost is another thing to think about. Absolutely. You know, I really think that I, in looking at those benefits, people will say, well, I've been smoking for 40 years. So what's the difference now? There is a difference in 20 minutes. There is a difference in in two weeks. Um, Within two weeks, you're breathing better. You're feeling better. Your energy is better. Within a a year, your risk of different new diagnoses and diseases has come down. Um, So even if you're 65 years old and you've been smoking for 50 years, um, there are still huge benefits to quitting. It is never too late to quit. That's exactly right. (laughs) So in summary, we would really like for everyone to consider, um, and we say this lovingly and we say this with great empathy, it is hard to quit smoking and we know it is. Everyone knows cigarettes are bad for them. If it wasn't hard to quit, there would be no smokers. Um, So first of all, if you're a non-smoker, especially if you're a young person, don't pick it up. Don't go near the vape pen and if someone is encouraging this and acting like it's the cool thing to do they're lying to you don't do it Um, and if you are a smoker at whatever age it is time to quit there are resources to quit if you have failed in quitting before that does not mean that you are done keep trying until it sticks and know that there are other ways to approach this. And we um, at Our Family Health Center want to help give you those resources. So we have worked with Jane to start this program in our clinic. There are other clinics around the country who are doing this as well. Um, So reach out to those resources and have the confidence in yourself to know it is time, you can do it, and we are here to support you. We like to end you on a good note. So here's today's Tell Me Something Good. Michaela, one of our staff members, and Lacey, one of our former staff members, have both recently received some good news about college. Michaela's sister got a soccer scholarship, and Lacey got into medical school and got a scholarship for medical school as well. We are so excited. Something Good is a bright future and someone else helping to pay for it. So we like to end you on that good note today. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, take care of yourself.